0: Hello and welcome to my podcast, talking about yet another Redskins loss, but looking at the big picture with Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. That means a lot of Dwayne Haskins and a little bit of Urban Meyer. Michael also has a fun story coming out this week on the top Redskins press conferences over the past decade. Now, we didn't get into that, but I'm just giving you a heads up for what's coming this week from Michael. Then it's me with my observations, including some more on Urban Meyer. What does his presence mean at that game Sunday? And more on Dwayne Haskins and also a little bit on Monte Nicholson. But first, here's my conversation with Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Okay, now I'm here with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, who is America's podcast guest. Yes, yeah, they might get a shirt or something. I think you need to get it well. <laughs> you know, between JP and I, somebody's going to come up with a shirt for you at some point. So, <laughs> you know, you go on their podcast too. So, um, let's jump into it. So, a loss, but some things that I think fans maybe wanted to see. And I think for fans, it's probably the best case. You saw a quarterback who had a good game. And you lost, and so you didn't screw up the draft standing and maybe something else.
1: Your very, very best case is probably a little bit more out of Sims because yes. um, he's a part yeah, of the yeah, future yes. too. Um, but, boy, McLaurin, hello. That, yeah. His separation on that touchdown, just, <laughs> just phenomenal. How'd that guy end up in the third round of the draft?
0: I think they would still like I mean, because they were excited as hell to get him, obviously, because when they went there and they, the scouting report they had on him was um, suggested he should have gone higher. Yeah. based on their scouting report and but yeah i mean and you know i think this the breakaway speed the big plays and
1: incredible yeah and he's got the presence to look at the video board to know to see if he's being chased down yeah. or not that's a veteran move
0: it is a veteran move, but i think what what i like what i've always liked about him is there's a toughness that comes with him yeah but is the sharp route running too and i think they caught the egos on that touchdown in a the, the safety or the whoever was playing the safety role was late dropping back and got himself out of position but that's what happens when you have a playmaker. You get yourself out a little bit of a position, and then he takes advantage of it like that.
1: No doubt. And so Haskins, people are going to see what they want to see because if you take that throw right. out, that's a Haskins stat line. But you don't take it out. You get to include it. Right. It was a really good stat line for Haskins. I thought the decision-making was good. I thought he was a little quicker. He was a little sharper. Um, I, I've just seen him take a small step forward in every game, and we're at the point now where you say, I think we can just say it now, he's the quarterback going into next year. Sure. And, and he will not be competed with at training camp. He, he will be the number one quarterback going into next year. That doesn't mean he's going to be great. That doesn't mean right. he's going to start forever in this league. But he has done enough to earn that that undisputed Dwayne is our quarterback endorsement uh, going into next and year's training what did camp.
0: you What did you see today? Is there anything more that you saw differently, or is it more just building on... I
1: loved his decision-making on those option Mm. plates. Whoever (laughs) installed that, that was a great wrinkle but his, his fake to Adrian and then pulls it in and then tosses it a, a, half, a half second later, gets Adrian, gets him, gets him going. I thought that was really nice. The decision-making has improved. I, you know, the one thing we said after the last couple of weeks is we're seeing him missing check down guys. you are seeing him not making the read progression as quickly mm-hmm. as you need to. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm still waiting to see that play out more, but I felt like, I don't know if the reads were friendlier this week. I don't know if the Eagles were friendlier than the Packers. Right. They were, <laughs> but but you know the degree of difficulty felt less for him and i
0: you know and listen i don't i'm not taking anything away from because i know that some people are, there's a dwayne haskins the skeptics crowd yep. and the critics and then the side that just absolutely wants to believe and the skeptics critics side is going to they're going to point out well, the egos defense is blah right now they are i don't know that i care about that because the whole reason with the quick pass game was to keep the rush off of him and they did take advantage of it but he's also throwing two guys mcclorn is really good but they're still the youngest receiving group in the league. You can't get younger than that three. They're all rookies.
1: (laughs) Long term, the way to make money in life is to bet against NFL quarterbacks. More of them fail than succeed. The odds are always against him and the odds are against him and the things he has to do and the ways he has to grow. There's so many of them, Um, but he's at least positioning himself to, to be in a position where he can do it, uh, Carson Wentz, who some of the Eagles fans are ready to run Carson right, Wentz out right, of town, right. which is amazing. It is. Um, that throw he made to the back of the end zone. These Phenomenal. these guys are out here doing things that are, are just absolutely incredible. And still, you have to go to another level to stick in the you, in the NFL. You do.
0: And and I, the funny thing is with with Dwayne too. And you know after the game, he said that it wasn't good enough, and and that basically he wants that to be an average game for him. Yeah. But you have an average game like that, you're going to can't let's, <laughs> yeah. let's be real here. But like, you know, I mean, he seems like he's also more comfortable after games talking to us in the pre- last couple of weeks, maybe.
1: We really, uh, it, yes to that. I, we really noticed, I, th- I know you noticed it too, because I saw you tweet about it. There was a difference in the style of the play oh, calling yeah, early in the game too. Yeah,
0: and I, think, and I think that suits his style right now. In, mm-hmm. in talking to people here, and I may even ask somebody, what would be the ideal situation for him? It's a quick passing game. Let him use, he's, he's got the vision, he's got, this, he's got the arm, put them in a situation. It's hard to do that consistently because different style of game and all that, but this style of game was was made for him.
1: Um, You mentioned press conferences. He needs to learn uh, to be a little bit better after losses. Yeah, Um, well, yes. He's he's become very good at presenting and, and Sharing with us what happened after a win. I uh, has got a little of that Cam Newton to him where he's he not super interested in, in bringing anything <laughs> excuse, down after a me. loss, which I think I'd be salty about losing too. I'd be salty, I and I way.
0: think the one thing I liked better than, it, and I part of this is the bar for that was the Minnesota game yeah. where he was just downright morose. And I don't think you want to be quite like that. I don't mind, you know, that's where the competitor side gets. I'm fine with that. Like if you're not ready to go into specific details because you lost but just be, just carry yourself a certain way. And I thought it looked like he did that today. Yeah,
1: he, in, in baseball, you know, you like everybody just bounces right back after the game. There's 162 of them, you can't dwell on it. In football, these are big, every game really matters a lot. And especially for him trying to prove himself. Right. So, I, I, yeah, I totally understand it. Um, you know, that is something that comes with the territory, though, that he's going to have to learn that the team will follow him, especially as he becomes the established quarterback. And, and there's that line to walk between being frustrated with yourself but also picking everybody up and letting them know, we're right back at it next Sunday.
0: But you've seen enough going for, for him going forward.
1: To name, the only exception I would make, and I think it's out of play, would be if they're holding the number one and you can get Burr. He's a generational talent. You know, the Colts have shown that before. You shove people aside when you can get generational talent. That's, He's the only Burrow's one really I good. see, though, that you, you just—I feel like you can't miss on. Right. Anybody else? No, I—I feel like anybody else you're rolling the dice just as much yeah. as you're rolling the dice and I, and with and this guy. I, and
0: I don't think, and I, I don't even view that as an option because I don't it, think they're going to get that pick. So not, it does not in play. Right. So it doesn't matter. So so we—you know—this is the guy moving forward. Let's turn to a guy who was here watching him, Urban Meyer. Hey. Now a lot of talk about that much ado about nothing it seems
1: (laughs) Uh, Alex Smith of course Play, for, for, play for him at Utah. Guys out on the field. Terry uh,
0: Terry McLaurin Urban Dwayne. got to go to
1: Army Navy yesterday, yeah. which I'm, I'm jealous about. That's one I'd love yeah. to attend at some too. point. Love. I can they do that? That we were there for the Eagles game the next day. It would not really that be the nice. best? It would
0: be nice. Or just give us put in a good uh, word with put, your give us your a bye week. bi <laughs> you know mean? week in <laughs> mid December. Week, yeah. Week 14 week. So you that game. I mean, but yes, that would be cool if they had the, if they played the Eagles up there. But uh,
1: if the Redskins want to hire Urban Myers their next coach, the thing they don't do is parade. Him on on television uh, in the owners'
0: Well, box. and also you know, when he's <laughs> but, looking but it, out it's here, it's cool
1: that he's here. He knows Alex Smith. Alex has influence. He knows Dwayne. It's great that he's talking to Dwayne McLaurin, obviously, but but, but especially with Haskins, like you, you love having a guy like that in his ear, like getting to talk to Urban Meyer after a game. What'd you what'd you see today, right. Coach? And knowing that Haskins trusts that voice as well, awesome.
0: And and I, and like I said, this is not a. I don't his his visit here was not about the coaching staff. Whether or not it came up when Dan Snyder was talking to him. I mean it might be like, you know, hey Dan, or hey Urban, you know. <laughs> we, we might have an opening a couple weeks like, ah, that's great, Dan. Super intriguing if he Where's ends my up my beer? if he ends
1: up in Dallas though. Super yes,
0: intriguing. Yes, it would be. If and it would be funny if he gets a couple here. more million dollars per year because he was here today.
1: Hey, there you open. go. He knows how to play the game. Yeah.
0: But um Josh Norman's the other one. So you stopped him. you saw him after the game you stopped him then a couple of us were happened to be in the right place and saw and joined in the conversation um, he's been very quiet throughout this whole process uncharacteristically been, so uncharacteristically and part of it is I know from his talking to him is that it felt like there was really nothing for him to gain by talking so, what did you make of his conversation talking to us today?
1: I, I thought he said all the right things. It, it, it's been frustrating, but I will I will do my role to the best of my abilities. Um, I, I was fascinated by the statement. Um, do you still think you're an elite corner? Yes. I don't think I'm an elite corner. I I, I am. I am. <laughs> Man.
0: I, yeah. I don't believe it. I <laughs> am it, and that's. I, yeah. Yeah. Though that that was um, you know, and I you, guess you're,
1: you have to say that. I get yeah. that it. You're going to end up somewhere else next year, presumably. 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 And you're maybe going to have to accept a role as a number two cornerback somewhere.
0: Uh, and that's maybe. going to be a
1: tough adjustment for him. I
0: think it's going to be a tough one. And there's, I'm sure, I'm certain that there's a spot in this league still for him if he wants to do it. And I think like he he's has one of
1: the 64 best cornerbacks yeah. alive, able to play right now. I believe that he's yes. he's a top. He's not a slot corner. He's a top two corner on an NFL
0: team. A lot of guys getting beat on this league. He can go out there. So play, I think the question is does he can he accept certain things because, and who's going to sign him? Because he's made it clear he can walk away.
1: And if, if he goes somewhere, say he goes to the NFC South and you're playing the Saints, oh, you, you don't go up against Thomas. You're right. going up against the other right, guy. Right, right. Being able to accept that and, and lock down the other guy and take pride in that.
0: And I'll be curious, like some guys want to stick around to get that ring. He has said that he wants to do that. We'll see if he really does, and then what are you willing to do to go try and chase that? And I think that'll be the thing.
1: He falls in the cr- crowd of guys I've always loved talking to. I love his candor. I, do, I love what he does off the field. A very charitable yeah. guy. Um, and, and the NFL just isn't made for unique guys. No, the NFL is made well, for, for, for soldiers who play their role, do their, and don't make noise. The NFL is made for Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, you line up some coach Who do you who do you want to? Do? I want. Oh, I want. 12 Ryan Kerrigans, you know, just does his job, does it well, doesn't make a lot of noise, and that's tough for Josh, but I I have always enjoyed talking to him, I I I do think highly of him.
0: He becomes a lightning rod for criticism too, when you talk like that, you have to back it up every single time, and people don't want to hear that you are supposed to have help on this play or that play, they just see 24 trailing and, and having the guy catch it on him, so you invite that, like Ryan Kerrigan never talks the criticism doesn't qu- come quite as hard, even though this was not a good year for him. And it wasn't, I mean, yeah. but, but the criticism isn't coming, probably because he's just, he's not there and as vocal as Josh is. Well,
1: one thing about the new coach coming in, who are you gonna keep around? you right. can keep Kerrigan and Norman, and you can cut both of them. If I'm a coach, I'm keeping Kerrigan, because you know, think about how many roster spots you gotta churn here. Right. And coaching, like being a first year coach is a giant headache. Like, especially here, right, you've got, right. you want, you have to do everything for the first time, you know, unless it's a repeat coach. you got to learn to do everything as a head coach, and you got to change everything, and you got to turn over all these roster positions you won't have to every year. Give me a Ryan Kerrigan. Give me a guy, like, I don't have to worry about him. Like, do I want to replace him eventually? Sure, I, I think I do. Absolutely. But he's a guy I don't have to worry. He's one less headache it. for me right. than my first year. And then
0: it depends what defense you're playing, the style of defense, too. I think part of the reason you why Josh... Fourth, 3 Yes. Hey. And part of the reason that I don't think Josh has talked is because what if he knows all these changes might take place here mm-hmm. what if the new people want to keep him sure what if he wants to stay here this is his way to stay here is to not sound off because then do it. don't you once you start sounding off you're pissing off the owner You tick off the owner you're gone
1: I don't think today's comments will be interpreted no, absolutely not. In, in, in an elite people will laugh at him saying he's still an elite corner and the reason why is because mm-hmm haha ha, you haven't seen Correct. that out there Correct. in a while but I, I thought the notes he sounded were exactly what you would want to hear from a guy in that position.
0: Last thing a little bit disappointing the defense again today on third down it was 11 out of 16 horrible and the run defense continues to stick and I think I thought the defense had turned a little bit of a corner in overall mm-hmm. today to me was a set was a bad setback
1: for them. I would agree with that and, and you know you, you can talk about injuries in the secondary if you want to. I think they were still fielding talent back there, and I think they were getting gashed in the run game They were as well. And, and the Eagles and the run, are missing a lot the run, the run game is not sustaining injuries. Yeah. And you look at the Eagles receivers, and, and that was probably it's a fair-on-fair fair matchup. Exactly. There. This, is, um, this
0: is a third fourth preseason game type magic in some way in some of those areas
1: some someday when we talk to Dan Snyder I will ask him how Greg Minuski managed to keep his job for 14 weeks <laughs> of the 2019 season I
0: think, <laughs> I think because like what else you got it's I think and I also think because if they had fired him I'm guessing Other Jim Tom Sula would have said I'm headed to Florida here's my playbook I'll see you later yeah. send the checks so I think that's why I think that's <laughs> a big reason why he kept the job but
1: you know yeah. You down with grabbing a defensive coach and pairing him with O'Connell?
0: I'm down with getting a really strong leader, whoever that is. Culture. I, yeah, I just I, I like, I don't, obviously developing Dwayne Hastings is a big deal, but I think they've tried to develop the quarterbacks here in the past, that's how they got Jay Gruden. Get a guy who's a really, who you think could be a really good head coach for everybody, because whoever the head coach is, will not be tasked I mean they're going to have to develop but you're not there every day with him it's going to be the quarterback coach and the coordinator so like if they were able to keep O'Connell with the head coach I'm fine with that I don't feel like they have to but I do feel like that he could because I think he's worked people don't I don't think people realize how much he works with Dwayne now behind the scenes compared to early in the year and, so,
1: and, and, and you know if he had his hand in the play calling today early right I liked it and if he had his hand in the play calling late, I didn't like it as much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I and I you know, and I think he I think Kevin has a good future ahead of him yes. but I don't know that it's I, I would, my thing is just get a good head coach and don't limit to one side of the ball. Get a guy who you think this is the leader that should can win here. Because that's a hard it's obviously been a hard thing to do, but don't I just don't like when coach teams fall prey to well we have to get an offensive guy. Well what if, you know, the Ravens went out and got Harbaugh years ago? pretty damn good coach you know but he and he but the thing the difference is he has a philosophy knows what he wants and is willing to make changes and try things Lamar Jackson so Kim, that's what time 2020 there you go so anyways <laughs> let's end on that yeah People are driving off the road right now so all right Michael thanks a lot Michael Phillips Richmond Times dispatch read them behind the paywall put your money down after this break I'll be back with my observations and what exactly did urban Meyers presence at the game mean Sunday Okay, now it's time for my five observations. Number one, I'm going back to Urban Meyer being in attendance at the game. My understanding is that he was at the Army-Navy game sitting with the president. Rookie Terry McLaurin, who played for Meyer at Ohio State, invited him to Sunday's game. Dwayne Haskins did not know he was going to be at the game. I kind of wonder what that says, but I don't want to read too much into anything. After the game, a few of us staked out an area in the bottles of FedEx to try and talk to Meyer as he left. We waited for a while. It turned out that he left through a different exit and probably far earlier than we realized. But while waiting, one member of the organization walked past on his way to the exit. He asked us why we were waiting. When we told him it was for one of their guests that day, he kind of laughed and said Meyer wasn't their guest. In other words, it wasn't arranged by the Redskins. Having said that, one person who knows Meyer well said that Meyer likes to stir things up and that he's intrigued by the NFL. I think we probably already knew that. He's flirted with Dallas a little bit here, so... Also, Benjamin Albright, who hosts a radio show in Denver, stays on top of national news, had said that Meyer has been consulting with Dan Snyder. I had not previously heard that, so I don't know what that exactly would entail, how often they talk, etc., etc., etc. I asked someone close to Meyer about that, didn't hear back um, about that aspect. It's possible that Sunday's appearance is nothing more than a chance to watch some of his guys up close and to visit with another one of his former players that he loves in Alex Smith. And keep in mind that Smith and McLaurin, I think, would be on would be two of the top five guys probably on Meyer's all-time list, or certainly in the top 10 of his all-time favorite players list. It's also possible that Meyer was well aware of what it would mean and how it might come across to others with his attendance at the game. Like, for example, maybe a certain owner in Dallas. So if, if Meyer ends up getting more than $10 million a year from Dallas to coach there, I think he owes the Redskins a little bit of that cut. Um, the thing with Meyer, if and when he comes to the NFL, and my guess is that his next coaching job would be in this league. Just a guess. He'll have to hire a damn good offensive coordinator. His style would be a tough one, I think, in the NFL. But he's also a master motivator, and the NFL, though, is as much about preparation as anything. Maybe he could be like a harder-edged Pete Carroll. Um, but if Meyer indeed is talking to Snyder, that's not bad at all. He knows how to win. He knows how to lead. Snyder needs to learn both aspects. He also knows how to build a winning situation. Um, I know from having followed Meyer at Ohio State that he's really into the leadership and chal- really into leadership these days. They set up leadership councils. They had postgraduate stuff for the players, all that stuff. He's also into challenges. While, mon- while many people might see a scene like Sunday's as reason to stay away, you, see, you saw thousands more Eagles fans in attendance. And it looked and felt like an Eagles home game. To a guy like Meyer, that could also represent a challenge. The Redskins to the older crowd, and Meyer's in that group, he's in his 50s. They're an iconic franchise that has dramatically fallen. Imagine, just think for a minute if you're Meyer, and you could imagine your legacy if you're the one to help resurrect this franchise. I don't know that he'll be a legitimate candidate, but I would say it's probably up to him. I'm quite sure if, if he is flirting with the NFL other teams will get involved. I would imagine Dallas would get involved as well. The question I'd have there is the power setup. A lot, too, depends on what he thinks of Haskins' long term potential because quarterback will be a dramatic, um, make a dramatic difference, I think, for a guy like Meyer. I would also say it would be really interesting to see if the Skins did have the number one pick and Joe Burrow is there for the taking. Two years ago, Meyer chose Haskins over Burrow, and that's why Burrow tr- ended up going to LSU after you graduated from Ohio State. What would, I I don't know what would happen if that same situation presents itself. Number two, it'll be interesting to see what does happen with all this. I feel safe in saying that a guy like Meyer would not come here with the current power structure. That means of course, with Bruce Allen having all the power. Keep in mind in Dallas, it's Jerry Jones who has all the power. Now he did make it work with Bill Parcells for a few years. Um, that remains a non, you know, the power structure set up remains a non-starter for some, definitely not all because, you know, money. Allen was hired 10 years ago Tuesday and it has been noted by a few people that Allen has not been seen at Snyder's side nearly as much as in the past, at least before games on the field when there's a chance to act- actually see them interacting. It was also interesting that um, Allen left an hour or so after Sunday's game with his family while Snyder and Alex Smith remained in the owner suite for several hours. Typically in the past, Allen would have been part of that group. What does it mean? I don't know. It's just an observation. We shall see soon enough. The Redskins are starting their meetings with scouts this week, which Allen takes part in. Maybe he had to go get ready for that. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't read into his still being around as evidence that nothing will happen. The only person who truly knows is Dan Snyder. So, because of that, there's a lot of piecing things together, reading into situations, reading into body language. A lot of speculation and a ton of smoke. That's all we really know for now. Number three, Meyer happened to catch Dwayne Haskins's best game. Perhaps what helped most was a game plan that was far more balanced on first down than in the past. The funny thing is they were run heavy during the week in practice. I've been told on one walkthrough they ran 30 plays. Typically in the past it'd be 15-15 run pass. This time it was 24 runs to six passes. Sunday, But that wasn't the case Sunday. Sunday, they had 28 pass attempts, 23 runs in a game that was close throughout. They used a heavy dose of the quick game as 19 of the 28 pass attempts traveled seven yards or less in the air. Now, that's probably close to what the percentage would be in the past. But I do think it was a little bit different because of the balance. And to me, it's always been not so much how much you run or throw. It's when you're doing it and from what looks. That's where you get balance. Um, and, if, if you, and I think one thing going forward, and you know, God bless Adrian Peterson, but when he's definitely in the game, there's usually more of a predictability because he's so run-heavy. Um, but they did throw to him a little bit on Sunday. If you remember, on the previous podcast, I was asked what sort of offense best suited Haskins. The feeling by some of the organization was it would, be, would center around the quick passing game. They want him to do it more from under center. He has the size, he has the vision to keep defenses guessing more about what's coming. Sunday, a lot of that was out of the gun. But the touchdown pass to McLaurin was a play action from under center. One reason it worked was because the defensive back that needed to drop into coverage in the middle was late in doing so. So what happened there, because he was late in doing so, he ended up with a bad angle. So when McLaurin takes the catch inside, he's able to just sprint past because the angle was bad. But the angle was bad because of the drop. The drop was bad because of the... The, the look, the under center, which had typically been run heavy, and then the play pass. Um, the, the, the the game plan also took advantage of a weak secondary and that also helped keep the pa- and it also helped keep the pass rush off Haskins. Both were important of course. Haskins has shown competitiveness and poise in the pocket and Sunday he did a nice job with his accuracy. Now I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game yet, so you always see more the second time around when I can watch each play multiple times. So this is really just a first impression, but I liked what Haskins did. I love the ball to Stephen Sims in the back of the end zone, very well placed. Haskins still has a long ways to go. I'm not gonna, you know, let's. This is just another step in the progression, but at least it's one where he's moving forward and not back. And I'm, you know, one thing I will say, I'm not gonna overstate what happened on the game's final play when he got hit in the pocket and fumbled. The play kind of highlights one part of his game, which is the escapability factor in the pocket. Now, that blitz was on him fast, so perhaps there's nothing he could have done. But the reason he has to excel from the pocket is because he doesn't make teams pay if they miss him, typically. He's not going to routinely extend plays the way a guy like Carson Wentz can. And Wentz always hurts the Redskins every game with at least one or two plays outside the pocket that are a big play and a win. That's why they're 0-6 in the last six games against the Eagles. Not all started by Wentz, but that is, you know, what, what the deal is. But Haskins was better Sunday and provided another – actually, I don't, I'd i have to check on how many Wentz has started in those games, but I know that multiple times in, those, in that stretch, he has made plays that has helped the Eagles win outside the pocket. Haskins was better Sunday and provided another step in his progression. Also, in talking to Stephen Sims afterward, he spoke about Haskins becoming a more vocal leader. He said that Haskins was even chastising Donald Penn once or twice to get back in the huddle and to be quiet. That's a good sign, too. Also, and one of the things I'm going to be looking forward to and watching the tape again is watching how Wes Martin did against Fletcher Cox. Didn't see a lot of huge flare-ups. Um, again, I, it's hard to sit there and watch a right guard during a game like this. But I, but I am curious because he's a guy that I like, and he's a guy that the Redskins like. He's a guy that they view as a future starter. And when you have two contract questions at left guard and right guard, you could plug in a guy like Martin and move forward, and you don't have to then spend big on a guard. And I don't think you want to get in the habit of spending huge on a guard if you don't have to. It gives them some options. Or, if nothing else, if they bring both guards back in Flowers and Brandon Sheriff then what that does is it starts to finally create depth inside something they haven't done. So you can keep Martin, but you're going to have to then start, again, build your depth. But I do like what Martin adds, so I am curious to see how well he did going back and watching. Number four, Adrian Peterson did not have a great game, didn't have a bad one. But in in his quest to reach 1,000 yards, he kind of suffered a blow. He needed to average 94 yards in the last three games to top that mark and collect another $500,000 in a bonus. He finished with 66 yards, but that and his touchdown were enough to move him up the all-time charts. He's now fifth on the all-time rushing list and and tied for fourth with Walter Payton on the all-time rushing TD list. The coaches still marvel at what Peterson can do. He's no longer the explosive breakaway guy from his youth. But they still talk about how he's able to get skinny to fit through holes, which is a knack. The coaches, I'm telling you, when you talk to them, they just kind of get this look in the side like, I can't believe he could get through this hole and he just makes himself skinny. And they talk about runs in which he's a step ahead of the defense. There was one against Carolina, for example, a few weeks ago, in which a play was called to run through a certain hole on the right side. Peterson immediately saw the linebackers, Luke Kuechly in particular, flowing to that hole. So he cut back, and I think he gained like 23 yards. Now, one thing to keep in mind when you talk to running backs, they always talk about seeing the cuts at next, the next cut, not the first cut. The first cut they already know. The second cut is what they're looking at, so their vision is always the next level. Um, the coaches were confused as to why he kind of ran that play that way, so they asked him, and he gave them the reason why. And it may seem like a simple thing, seeing the linebackers flow that way. But Peters, again, Peterson's vision is always on the next level. Not all running backs can do that, but it's why he's always gained huge plays, huge chunk plays throughout his career, and it's why he continues to do so. The, the, the loss of some of that speed is why he doesn't get longer runs, but the, that vision and that quality are why he still gets the 10 to 20-yard runs. And he knew he would have the cutback on that play. That's next-level vision, but it's why Peterson continues to climb those lists. And that's why he's flirting with 1,000 yards in a season in which he was inactive for the first game and he's been playing without a strong passing game throughout the entire season. Finally, number five, we need to talk again about the defense, which was bad on Sunday. Monte Nicholson simply has not helped them like he should, way too inconsistent, and committed a dumb foul in the Eagles' first series that helped sustain a field goal drive. On the, the late hit against Zach Ertz, the, ball, the play was over. I mean, he took a few steps. It was just dumb. Maybe they would have picked up the first down anyway. It would have been a third and eight based on the stats for the game. The Eagles converted 11 of 16 third downs. You probably would have put money on it happening anyway. But it was just a dumb penalty, and the Redskins need to get away from such plays and such players. I'm going to go back to Norman for one second um he said he wasn't going to throw anyone under the bus for the game-winning touchdown pass. Well, by saying that, you're kind of throwing someone under the bus because what it does is like, oh, now, I got to, now I'm going to go back and watch that play again and see who maybe should have been in a position where they weren't. So that alone is throwing someone under the bus because it does force you to go back and watch again. I'm just going to tell you what I saw. I'm not going to cast blame here because this is, I don't know. But on the game-winning play, Nicholson is on the opposite side from Norman, and with no one going out for a pass on his side, he starts to immediately rush. But he sort of stops, he hesitates. And when he sees one start to throw, going to that side, he retreats hard. He did not seem to know really what he should do and he was kind of caught in between his thinking. Norman's statement implies that somebody should have been in coverage and you can do a one plus one here. I don't know if it adds up to two in this case, it, um, but that's again, what Norm, based on what Norman said, based on what you see, you know that something went wrong there. It might not have mattered. Norman's still lost on that crossing route and, you know, unless you're in the back corner of the end zone or if you're, you know, maybe you're in a better position to try and make that a harder throw. Maybe that's what could have happened. Um, I know that he still lost on the play and the Redskins gave up a touchdown. Now, I did not like the roughing penalty that was called on Ryan Anderson. I'm not sure what he could have done there. He hit Wentz around the waist. and Because of the quarterback size, it's really hard to get him down. So you kind of have to drag and get him to the ground. His hands are lower and it turns, turns into a penalty. I think that was a tough call. I you know, I don't know how the rules get you there. I think that's just a tough penalty. If he hits him high, he risked a penalty. We saw Deron Payne hit him high later. Now he led with his helmet, so it was an easy call for the officials. But that's the result of having to go high on a guy. But at least Anderson has been making plays lately with two more forced fumbles Sunday. I don't think he'll ever be a great pass rusher. Not even the Redskins felt like that. After the draft, they always viewed him as a guy they just liked because he felt he was a good player more so than a great pass rusher, a guy who could help a team. He And, again, he is someone who can help, and he is someone who needs a lot of reps to set up his guy as a pass rusher. He's not he you know, he's not a guy who's going to come right off the bench and make a play. He's almost like an every-down running back versus a third-down back. Third-down backs can come in and make plays without having to set up guys as much as an every-down back. Um Anderson might never be a great starter, but it's harder for him as a reserve because he's not a blazer off the edge who can win with that speed. Therefore, he has to be savvy. You get that by going against a guy, setting a guy up, and then seeing how they're setting, seeing what they're doing, and seeing when they're really tired. And that's what he was able to do on Sunday. He might be nothing more than a backup on a good defense, but they also need to know if he's someone who can come in and produce when called upon to start. That's what he's doing now. He's a a pretty good, he's a solid run defender who does set a good edge. And, you know, it's funny because you look at that front seven and they should be, this group should be absolutely better against the run. I don't know why they're not. I do think that the corners and the defensive backs have to do a better job there. That's where I think if you can play, have a situation where you have Landon Collins in the box more, that would probably help. Um, But, you know, I'd have to really sit down and look at that as to why they're not better there. Um, Regardless, as far as Anderson, a good finish would help his future. I would certainly not pass up anyone in the draft because of how he's playing, but it's good to have depth, now or in 2020. That's it for now. Thank you to Michael Phillips for the Richmond Times-Dispatch for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. It could be an interesting week. I'll talk to you later.